listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything related to cruising. Always be booked, Cruisers Lounge, please. That's what we want to look for on Facebook. It's a group. Uh, you just click the join button, and I will approve you right away. Uh, and it's a great group. People are getting it's growing. We're up to uh, clo- we're getting close to 250 members, and uh, people are pretty active on it. And there's a lot of good questions being answered. There's a lot of, I guess, you know, hyping each other up about our upcoming cruises and things like that. Also, send your emails. Questions, comments, concerns, corrections to Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. At this point right now, we're still reading them all on the air. Uh, We're not getting enough to the point where we have to kind of turn people away. I mean, if we're talking about direct questions that are brief and, you know, specific situations or have a, I I guess, like a behind the scenes questions, we don't answer those. But uh, pretty much every email that wants to be read, that seems like it wants to be read on the air is read. I do say, you know, I appreciate the accolades, but also mix in an actual question or a concern, question or comment that is going to kind of provide some value for the listeners as well. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Also, Instagram, which is a fun place to go for some pictures, some memes, this and that. Uh, Just search Always Be Booked on the gram and you will see us over there. Uh, in the past few weeks, I got to say, I've been very, very encouraged with the bump in listenership, and I really, really appreciate each and every one of you who let me into your earbuds, or any of those who let me ride shotgun on your way to work or on the subway, just being a part of your commute or wherever you list, choose to listen to the show at work when you're supposed to be working, making believe your head's down, you're doing filling out those reports, and you know all you're really doing is getting excited about your cruise and listening to some cruise talk. We appreciate that, too. It's really, really appreciated, and I want to really keep this thing growing. Uh, I've been excited over the last couple of weeks to see the listenership getting, I guess, taking a little bit of a significant uh, bump up, and that's been kind of, you know, it gets me kind of pumped up. So uh, with that said, let's keep it going, and anyone you might know that might be into some cruise chat, uh, I appreciate you letting them know, because that is absolutely far and away the best way you can help this show, is if, like I said, if you know any cruise nerds or travel nerds, just kind of take one of the links and shoot them, into, shoot them a text, or shoot it into them over the email or Facebook Messenger, and let them know, listen, if you're ever bored at work, and you want to hear somebody ramble <laughs> about cruising for, I don't know, anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours a week uh or i shouldn't say a week every couple of weeks right now it's every couple of weeks we're gonna get to the week level but you know we're we're trying to get there but uh please just share the show let people know spread the love and uh you know keep that listenership on the rise and uh you know that keeps everybody uh i guess what would you say more enthusiastic and rushing to the microphone as often as possible and really really hoping to take this stuff to next levels and levels above that as well all right so we've been talking about my next cruise and a cruise has been picked not only picked but also booked not only booked but final payment has already been made and i am so sorry i did audible we uh (laughs) 
we said let's let's talk about the next cruise and i laid out a few cruises uh, a couple of weeks back and we ended up going in a direction that is not even on that list and that's kind of annoying to you guys because i had you guys invested i got a bunch of emails about what you guys thought and you guys all made some great points but uh I picked one of the ones I hadn't had up there. Uh, what it was is Royal Caribbean, and I did. Uh, it's on. It's going to be on the Freedom of the Seas. I really always wanted to do a Freedom class ship. Why? Well, because it's a large ship, and it's also not an overwhelmingly large ship. So it's like in that mid area where no, it's not even mid. It's a large ship. It's it's definitely significant. It's probably just shy of what you would consider a mega ship. But it does look like it has plenty of room on it. I do remember it, there was a time back in the day when it was pre-Oasis, uh, the largest cruise ship at sea. That's Those days are long gone, but uh, she's still a beauty. She's still a beast, and she's very popular. All the Freedom Class ships seem to be very, very popular. So now here's what went down. Now, despite the fact that this thing is leaving out of Fort Lauderdale, the the deal on it was great. The deal was for fourteen sixty for an inside cabin. Now, what I didn't know, I called to redeem that Super Bowl offer, and you guys remember me talking about going on a Super Bowl cruise that I was going to get five hundred dollars off on. Now, I don't know. It just ended up not necessarily for work and everything like that being a hundred percent feasible. Not impossible, but it really wasn't that feasible or convenient for me to go on that particular sailing. I would have, but while I was on the phone discussing it or maybe kind of just looking at my options for cruises in general, uh, I did find out that I could also choose any sailing that I wanted to, but I wouldn't get five. The $500 discount was for a Super Bowl cruise, or I could do a $200 discount and get it on any cruise, and that was, again, I was based on casino play, so that was a little bit more interesting to me, so that put Royal Caribbean up a bunch of notches in trying to figure out where I was going to go, and, you know, I agreed with you guys uh, leaning towards that nine-day Anthem of the Seas sailing that was headed out of Cape Liberty, New Jersey, which is just a stone's throw away from where I am. The only problem with that one was mainly, I mean, the the nine-day thing was an issue a little bit, but that wasn't the main issue. The main issue and the biggest thing was I just didn't want to wait till May to cruise. That wasn't the time frame I wanted. Uh, I didn't want to wait that long. I didn't want to, I want to cruise in March. That's that's my goal. Maybe I'll go February. Maybe I'll go April. But then getting into May, that's really wasn't really what I was interested in doing. So timing was a big thing for me, and uh, that was it. Now this is an interesting thing that happened on this cruise. Uh, so I called up and I told them that I looked at this sailing and this is the one I wanted to use and put my two hundred dollar credit towards. When I called the casino because this is a casino offer, so you have to book through the casino. The woman on the phone told me she showed the cruise price to be at fifteen sixty all in, and then I would get two hundred dollars off, and that would bring the cruise to thirteen sixty. So, while I was on the phone with her, I simultaneously checked on the on the sailing, and it was showing me an inside category. Basically, the same the, the same category would be for fourteen sixty all in. And she was like, "I'm showing fifteen sixty, and I was like, "Well, I'm showing fourteen sixty. So. I told her this, and she was like, well, and she I could tell she was starting to get a little annoyed, and I think maybe she thought your boy was trying to pull a little scam, but I wasn't. It was clearly like right in front of me, black and white, so we kept going on and on. She kept checking, 
And I'm like, that's interesting. You know, I don't want to be a, you know, I know I appreciate I'm getting two hundred dollars off, but if if it's showing me right here that it's why do I want to lose the hundred dollars? You know what I mean? So she's like, no, I totally understand. So we continued to go back and forth a little bit. We kept refreshing, and then what I finally, what she finally told me was, do this. You know what? Book the cruise at that price. And then what you'll be able to do is your casino offer is good no matter what. So basically book the cruise and then call in, exercise the offer, and then they will take it off. She she said to me, because I don't understand what's going on. I've been here seven years, and this has never happened to where you're seeing a different rate than I'm seeing. But, you know, it is what it is. So I did exactly that. And I booked the cruise, and I did call right back. And I explained the situation. I got a different gentleman on the line. It was very helpful. And he said, yeah, she was right. So we can take $200 off this cruise. So I got basically, and you guys tell me what you think, March 3rd out of Fort Lauderdale, uh, eight nights sailing. And we're going to Labadee, Haiti, St. Kitts, St. Martin, and San Juan. And my price is going to be twelve sixty for an inside cabin. So uh, what is that? 6:30 a person on average on 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 for for an 8 day with those two two ports I've never been to I haven't been to Labadee and I haven't been to St. Kitts uh I know Labadee is a relaxing kind of beach day with a little bit of an adventure if you want to do that zip line and guys I guess I got to do that zip line it's a good thing Hannah shout out to Hannah forcing me on the escape cruise in Honduras to do that I guess you might want to call it an intro zip line because that'll maybe get get me ready for the uh, what is it called the dragon's the dragon's breath uh, zip line, which is a legendary zip line in Haiti. And uh, yeah, expect some good pictures and video from that when I do that. And we're at ninety days, guys. So we got to start with the uh, maybe another press conferences in order because we got to start back on the cruise diet. I haven't gotten back on the scale, but I will tell you, it's been a train wreck. I, when you want to talk falling off the rails. That absolutely happened. So this is another interesting thing. So I put down the $500 uh, deposit. I told you the cruise was, what, was it $1,260. So now what's my final balance is $760, right? Okay, no problem. So that was like a week and a half ago. And uh, now I realize yesterday is the second. My final payment was due today, which is the third. So the second I call up and uh, I was like, all right, I want to make uh, – I didn't actually – I'm sorry. I didn't call up. I went online on the cruise planner. I found my cruise, pulled it up. Would you believe it said with the discount now my cruise was sixteen hundred bucks and my balance was eleven hundred dollars? I have no idea how that happens, but it did happen. It was wanting an eleven hundred dollar final payment from me because it said that whatever the cruise was like seventeen sixty and then uh, the two hundred dollar discount got it to close to like sixteen hundred, whatever it was. But the final payment was eleven hundred bucks, and I was like, "Is this a joke?" So I kind of, uh, with a little bit of a sense of urgency, called Royal Caribbean right away to find out what the hell the deal was. And thankfully, everything was on record, and they saw that that was uh, an error or whatever it was. And uh, they know that I was supposed to get that fourteen hundred minus the two hundred, which gets you to twelve sixty. And uh, they gave me that. They honored it, and everything was fine. But that was a scary little moment for me. I have no idea why that price shot back up. I don't know if you guys have any have ever had any experience like that with, uh, I guess, whatever with what you're talk, who you're talking to over the phone versus what you're seeing online. Uh, be a little bit different, Tommy. At alwaysbebooked.com. 
Cruise.com. Uh, all right, so that's pretty much it. Let's get into some cruise news. Do we have any Elvis fans out there? The singer? No, not the singer. Not that Elvis. This is a guy named Elvis Duran. Uh, if you're from the New York metropolitan area, you probably have heard of him. If you have, if you're not, you probably have not. I grew up listening to him on Z100. He was uh, a morning guy, very popular top forty radio station in New York, in the local market. Uh, I would always bounce back and forth between Howard Stern and him. Mostly Howard Stern, but but when Howard would go on break, I would go over to what was called Z100, and uh, Elvis Duran was the main morning man there. I did this for most of my teenage and adolescent years, whether I was walking to school. All the way to, you know, driving around in my early 20s. Anyway, it's been announced that he, for some reason, I have no idea why, will be the godfather of the all-new Norwegian Bliss. So, we uh, heard from Andy Stewart, who is Norwegian Cruise Line's president and chief executive officer. He spoke at an event uh, that was basically geared towards making this announcement at New York City's PDH Lounge. And this is the quote. Elvis Duran epitomizes the high energy and liveliness that the ship represents, and we're very excited to have him join the family as godfather to Norwegian Bliss. Norwegian Cruise Line's mission is first and foremost to provide guests with a one-of-a-kind, unforgettable vacation and continue to develop and offer guests the latest innovative experiences. As one of the most beloved radio hosts in history, but one of the most beloved radio hosts in history. I had no idea that that was the case. Uh, Elvis's commitment to entertainment and bringing laughter and joy to his listeners each day is exactly why we believe he is the perfect fit, perfect fit to represent Norwegian bliss. So cool. That's great for uh, Elvis. I know you guys all know the whole godmother, godfather concept with uh, cruises is. It's it's definitely symbolic, and they're figureheads. They're not, you know, making any day-to-day decisions on anything on board. But I just thought it was interesting. The ship is coming to New York. Uh, I just don't really understand how it makes sense to make a local New York DJ the godfather of a ship that's not even based out of New York. Now, it does call in New York after it's transcontinental uh, over from Europe, but it doesn't stay long. And if I'm not mistaken... There aren't any cruises open to the public that you could even book that leave out of New York City. Uh, in fact, this ship, for a brand new ship, is kind of all over the place. So in the spirit of that, I did go back and look up the upcoming schedule for the Norwegian Bliss. And like I said, it, it's it's really a mixed bag. So it leaves Southampton on April 21st and will arrive in New York City on May 3rd. Uh, and I guess that's where they're going to do some ceremonies and Elvis Duran will be on hand or whatever it is. I don't have any information about if that's open to the public or whatever it is. But then she, interestingly enough, is unaccounted for from May 3rd to May 10th. Maybe she's chartered. Uh, maybe she's just doing private events. I have no idea. If somebody else knows, some of the uh, big guns in the industry might know, let me know. But from May 3rd to May 10th, she is said to be in New York. But... uh I don't know. She's uh, she's she's just kind of there. Now, um, on the tenth, it ends up in Miami, and it also leaves Miami on the tenth, and it heads for South America. It uh, goes through the Panama Canal and ends up in the LBC, hanging out with Snoop. You guys know you guys like Snoop Dogg. Uh, make made Long Beach famous back in the nineties, I think. Right? Uh, 
But uh, Long Beach, which is Los Angeles' cruise port, that is a, um, it's going to be a 15-night sailing from Miami to Long Beach. And uh, it ends up getting there on May 25th. So now we know where it is up until May 25th. Now, on, now then, on June 2nd, she heads to the land of the coffee, rain, and flannels, Grungeville, if you will, Seattle, Washington, where she will be based and run itineraries to Alaska until early September. Now then, she'll be uh, she will do one itinerary out of Vancouver, where she will stop in San Francisco, and then end that particular cruise back in L.A. And she'll spend two months in L.A. doing the Mexican Riviera Line. Um, she'll be doing runs from L.A., Long Beach, wherever to the Mexican Riviera. Then. On November 3rd, she sets sail for a 15-day reposition back through the Panama Canal, arriving in Miami on November 17th. And she'll remain doing strictly Eastern Caribbean, so she's not alternating, no Eastern slash Western, strictly Eastern Caribbean cruises through New Year's Eve, uh, through New Year's and headed into 2019. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, let me know, but have you guys seen a brand new mega ship from a major cruise line get gypsied around this much ever? Again, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com to give me that answer on that. Let me know if you've ever heard of something like this happening before. Uh, nothing is wrong with it. I don't have an issue with it, especially for our buddies on the West Coast. I don't know what it is, but they never get the new monsters on the block out there, do they? I mean, there's some gorgeous options, beautiful ships. You got a lot of Princess have, has a heavy presence out there. A lot of carnival ships. Unfortunately, the junk box fantasy classes, a lot of them are out there. Sorry, no offense. I can't. I'm not. Guys, you guys know the show by now, right? I'm not going to get through a entire show ever without just kind of gently uh, razzing the uh, fantasy class on carnival. I don't know, but they never, they just never seem to get the hottest, most innovative cruise ships right off the press out there. Well, it looks like that is about to change. Like I said, I love the Norwegian Escape, as you guys heard me talk about that at Nauseam. Uh, this is supposed to be a little bit of a level above that. Um, I'm not sure about those go-karts, though, right? What do you guys think? To me, it's, it's, it's a little gimmicky. You're putting go-karts on a cruise ship. The main complaint from that particular class of ships is that the deck space for lounging and sunbathing is limited. I cannot imagine slapping a giant uh, the go-kart track at the top of the ship will do really anything to improve that, will it? And for what, really? I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you. How many times have you been on a cruise ship and you were chilling in the sun, enjoying yourself, and you know you said to yourself, man, I'm having a great time right now. You know what? The only thing that's missing is if I could put on a helmet and complete uh, a, a, a lap around a miniature Formula One racetrack at the top of this ship. You know what I mean? Like, has anybody really been on a cruise and wished a go-kart race would break out real fast? Now, what they should have done, and I think this would be cool, uh, is built a track around the perimeter of the ship. Maybe even off the side. You know what I mean? That, that wouldn't have been bad. Let, let go-karts go around the entire ship and maybe even put it off the side of the ship a little bit. Build a rail. It's obviously got to be, you know, structurally sound. Almost like the carnival, I guess, what is it? The sky ride or whatever it is. Um, a mini, a, 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 a version of that. Just put it on a track. Set up a track outside the ship and you can drive the go-karts. You can speed around off the side of the ship. I would definitely sign up for that. 
I don't know if I'd actually do it, but I would definitely sign up for it. Which brings me to the boost factor, right? I mean, with me, is that is that is that's the thing with me, right? It always why does it always have to come back to the booze, right? But I don't know. I don't get it. What is the drinking policy? I mean, I could tell you. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm, I'm a wily veteran. I can be fairly drunk, significantly drunk, and hold it together enough to look sober, enough sober enough that I can get on one of these go-karts. Would I still be able to get the keys to and get behind the wheel? Um, that's funny. You know what they should do? They should have a, a Formula One cop car. You should be. They should pull people over, right? DWIs around the uh, the people that are intoxicated driving around the cruise ship. Uh, maybe you know you're driving around. Maybe the cop pulls you over. They administer a field sobriety test on the Lido deck. If you uh, if you fail, you go into you know solitary confinement on the cruise ship. Come on, man! If you're gonna do it, do it all the way. We did that at Coney Island once with bumper cars, and it was absolutely hysterical. We get in the bumper cars. And uh, this was about five years ago, and we get the all clear to start driving. Like I said, Coney Island's a little bit of a one of the one of the few New York things that's like a real throwback. But we get the all clear to start driving, and one of the girls we were with there goes into her bag while we're driving in bumper cars. And you know, the object of bumper cars is to just literally just smash into you know the people that you're in the you know we're in the little rink whatever it is with. with. But she goes into her bag. And it's a big bag. It's like a big purse. And she pulls out a magnum-sized bottle of Pinot Grigio and starts swigging from it as she has one hand on the wheel. <laughs> this was one of the funniest visuals that I cannot get out of my mind because you see the employees in Brooklyn. They got these local guys who look they have they they, they kind of look like they have a little bit of a party side as well. And it was funny to actually see them make a half-hearted attempt to run out onto the rink and shut the whole thing down. But she literally like start, keeps driving. She's like an escapee on the run from one of those midday L.A. freeway chases. But uh, <laughs> they took a little. They tried. She kept trying to escape them, and then they just started laughing. And they were like, "Screw it, let her drive around." So she's driving around, one hand on the wheel, one hand with a with a Pinot Grigio bottle, a giant Pinot Grigio. This little blonde girl. She's got a big giant Pinot Grigio bottle. I'll never get that in, image out of my head. It was hysterical. Uh, so with all the moving around this ship is going to do, I don't see the purpose of having a New York City morning radio guy as the godfather. Um, Elvis Duran did put a tweet out there, and it says, We'll be giving away Norwegian Bliss trips all 2018 with Norwegian Cruise Line. Now, we all just have to decide where we want to go. Suggestions? How funny is that? You see how people just know how to work Instagram to build up those comments? I mean, you look up and there's like hundreds of comments uh, with people who are thinking that they might actually have some sort of a say in where the bliss is going to go. It's kind of funny. You see, oh, we should go here. We should go there. And they think they're part of some contest as if the itinerary is not completely set already. Either way, the Norwegian bliss is covering a lot of ground. The prices look a little bit on the higher side, but... I highly suggest you check her out when she comes to a neighborhood near you. It's a beautiful ship. If it's anything like the Escape, and it's probably going to be even a little bit better, I highly recommend it. Again, I'm on record as right now. I mean, you say that a lot. Your favorite cruise, your favorite cruise ship is the last one you were on. That's the case, though. Legitimately, the Escape is definitely the, my, my favorite cruise ship that I've ever been on. So, all right, moving on. In a little bit of a mobster-style undercover 
you know, under the radar fashion, representatives from 12 cruise lines made their way to Havana, Cuba last week for a sit down, if you will. Uh, they weren't trying to make this too public, but Carnival Corporation, Royal Caribbean Cruises, MSC Cruises, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, Carnival Cruise Line. Okay, so they basically separated themselves. Uh, Holland America. Uh, Pearl Seas, Virgin Voyages, and Disney Cruise Lines all got together. It was also mentioned that a few surprise players were also there as well. No idea what that means or who they could be referring to. I don't know. Maybe Hyman Roth? I imagine them all sitting around a long, luxurious table. They introduce each other. You know, They pass that golden telephone around to each other. <laughs> That's a Godfather Part 2 reference that you should definitely get. If you don't, shame on you. At least the men. Is that sexist? It shouldn't be sexist, right? I mean, it's pl- it's plenty re- reasonable for uh, girls to not expect guys to get sex in the city or chick flick references, right? This is a Godfather. It's a, it's, it's more like fact. Uh, it's plain fact that more men like the Godfather and hold it in higher regard than women do. That doesn't say that's not to say women don't like the Godfather, but again, it's a new world. Got to watch everything you say here. Um, not really. What do we really care? We're having fun. Nobody's taking this stuff seriously anyway, even if they're listening. We all, uh, they, they were all on hand. They were discussing ways to uh, make cruising to Cuba more pleasurable for the guest and subsequently more profitable for the cruise line, which is what really matters in the end anyway, right? Uh, the topics uh, they were talking about were mostly revolving around infrastructure, uh, specific ports maybe expanding, and the possibility of Cuba becoming an embarkation port. So there's not a whole lot of information coming out about that, but again, it seems like everything with Cuba, it's all, uh, you know, <laughs> it's all a little bit on the hush-hush. So moving on to MSC, the sort of new kids on the block, they just officially took delivery on the highly anticipated seaside. On the heels of that, the cruise line also announced that it ordered two more uh, of what they are calling Seaside Evo-class ships that will be slightly bigger and slightly better than the Seaside per se. Delivery of for these two ships are scheduled for 2021 and 2023. These ships will be over 169,000 gross tons, and they'll be able to hold 500 more passengers than the original Seaside. Similarly to the versions, uh, the, the version they just took delivery on, these ships will be designated to have the same claim to fame, which be which will be pretty much to connect guests to the sea. Uh, they're also going to try to continue to push the boundaries of technology. Got to keep an eye on MSC, ladies and gentlemen. What we do know is that they are invading North Amer- the North America market. Their designs are over the top, and they're innovative. And if the new build schedule stays as is, they will break into the big three sometime over the next 10 years. What we don't know is how well they will have their finger on the pulse of what the North American cruise market wants. They do have a small presence in the market right now with the MSC Davina, but the reviews about the experience on that ship and the food and just in general, they're, they're generously described as mixed at best. So again, the Davina probably is not a really strong representation of what MSC is going to bring to the table, although it might be, you know, you never say that if they were going to, if they're as serious as they claim to be, yeah, they're building these big new fancy ships and they're doing them at a high rate of speed, but 
You know, you got the Davina already in the North American market. Why not at least do like Carnival and take that old ship? And even if you don't want to refurb it or do anything crazy to it, at least make the experience good. Make the food good. Make, you know, get get the buzz going about MSE. Get people excited about MSE and not just kind of writing it off as, you know, all right, well, this is just the Davina. Wait till you see the seaside. We'll see. All right, moving on. So we got some bad news. We do have another canceled sailing. This time it's the Carnival Triumph, which was set to go out on a four-night sailing from New Orleans with one stop in Cozumel on November 30th. Would-be guests of that sailing got an email from Carnival Cruise Cruise Lines, and it said the following. So this is, uh, if you were booked on this cruise, you got this letter. Dear Carnival Triumph guest. That's a little presumptive, huh? It doesn't sound like you're gonna be doesn't sound like you're gonna be a guest on the Carnival Triumph, at least on this sailing. We want to provide you with an update on your Carnival Triumph cruise for tomorrow. Well, that's again presumptive. There is no cruise for tomorrow. Why don't, why are you just I would I would have waited terrible way to start it off using the word update. At that point I might be pumped, right? Perhaps expecting some good news. We're adding, you know, maybe we're adding Key West or maybe we're gonna announce that we have an overnight in Cozumel, but no, it goes on. The ship is currently experiencing a technical issue which is affecting the maximum cruising speed. Our team is in the process of completing the necessary work. However, it will not be completed in time to operate for your cruise. Regrettably, it will be necessary to cancel tomorrow's sailing. We recognize the impact to your vacation and hope you will accept our sincere apologies for this disruption to your plans. We will automatically process a full refund. So including a fly-to-fun reservations, pre-purchased Carnival Shore excursions, fun shop and beverage package purchases. The refund will be processed to your original form of payment. Since we'd love nothing more than to welcome you back to experience the vacation you had planned, we will be extending a 25% credit on a future Carnival cruise. If you purchased a non-airline, this and that, whatever. Once again, we apologize for the disappointment this has caused you, and thank you for your understanding. We look forward to welcoming you on a Carnival cruise in the near future. So they're going to pay for your airfare as well. That is amazing, again, how they could just, you know, just write that check on the fly, no problem. Again, how much do these cruise lines have? All right. um, Carnival also named its third ship in the Vista class. And uh, within that room full of cruise ship naming geniuses, what came out? The Carnival Panorama. Interesting. The Carnival Panorama. We're officially starting to get light on names of cruise ships. But um, one thing I wanted to talk about, too, and I guess this isn't really news, but it is, it is kind of. Now, Norwegian is pumping up their gratuity it used to be 18 percent. now it's 20 percent. now norwegian cruise lines in general i guess for better or worse you know what are you gonna say they're a little guilty of nickel and diming and no cruise line represents that more than norwegian cruise line i love but again it's getting a little hairy here so they're bumping up the uh they bump up the price of the drink package, knowing full well that you're probably not going to pay for it, but they bump up the price of it, knowing that they could, because you know they're not going to pay for it because of the free at sea, which we're going to get to in a second, because that's an issue too. But they bump up the price of that just so they they can claim more of a gratuity, because more 
you know, when the when the base price is more and you're going by percentages for the gratuity, which was 18%, the 18% represents a higher dollar number. Now, they moved that up to 20%. So they did both. They 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 increased the drink package price so that they can put the gratuity higher and now they've also increased the gratuity percentage so they can get that much more as well. No good, not good, but here's the worst part of it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this at all, and it's almost like they ha- they snuck this in as well. And I don't recall this being the case the last time I was in the market to book a Norwegian cruise. Certainly, I didn't see this issue on the Norwegian Escape cruise we just got off of when we booked that probably about five or six months ago. Where we're at now is that they added a category. They added a category to your sailing, so you can you know everybody knows the balcony, the uh, inside cabins, uh, window cabins, balcony cabins, suite cabins, and the haven. Right? We all know that, and there's a couple of different categories within most of those. But they added a category to the inside stateroom, which is called sail away. Now, why would they add a category into the inside cabins? Very, very simple in a way, and hopefully the way I explain it will explain it properly but what they did was you know what it used to be is if you wanted to go on these sailings you pick the free at sea and mostly everybody would kind of pick the um you know the the drink package because that is the most value so even if you're going to drink at all it's still a very valuable thing now the way they got their money is again upping the price of the drink package so the perceived value was higher thus getting a higher percentage now again like i just talked about they added a higher percentage so now it's 20% so they double dip there what they also did was add a category called sail away so the price that you see the bottom price that you see for an inside cabin that's a sail away category you know what that means it means you get nothing that means you don't get a free at sea option on that. And that's brand new, guys, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I've noticed that that's new. So that gives them the ability to charge you for what used to be a regular price that they would normally include the free at sea at. They don't include the free at sea at no more. So now that's a sale away, almost like maybe uh, guaranteed inside or whatever it is. The next one up is a standard inside room, which is not that low bargain basement price anymore. So they upped the price on those cruises. So what they did was, in a slick way, basically make it so that you now have to pay uh, a significantly more amount for the drink package. So for a seven-day cruise, you're basically, I don't know, paying anywhere from 200 or so for the gratuities. And now you're paying maybe an extra 150 per person because you're not taking part in the sail away deal. Now you're buying a standard inside cabin. That's another 150. And I don't know. Now they put the percentage up. So now you're basically paying close to $400 for this drink package that is supposed to be free at sea. That pisses me off. That should piss you off too, guys. I mean, don't. It's it's more like, I don't know. I would rather you just charge me for the drink package, right? Because. I mean, what are we doing here? You're almost getting to the point where you're just insulting us. Like, we can't pick up on what you're doing here, right? It's it's kind of a joke. Um, I don't like to be negative about cruising a lot. Uh, and it's certainly not going to change the way I feel like about going on a cruise vacation. But, you know, I, I really feel like maybe, you know, that's the purpose of groups like this and communities like this. We probably should get together a little bit and maybe 
throw some letters in there, maybe at least say something. I'm not, I've never been that guy. I'm not a freaking Yelp guy. I'm not a complainer. I don't I don't write letters. I, I don't protest. I don't do. It's not me. I don't do it. It's just not what I do. But at this point, I don't know. What do you guys think? Some I feel kind of strongly that they are kind of maybe I don't know making jerk offs out of us a little bit. No, I mean you're creating a sail away a sail away category just so now your standard category your standard inside could be jacked up so that that can be what's included in the free at sea it's not free at sea anymore guys right all right sorry to end the news on a little bit of a negative but again it's just you know we all got to be aware i just don't i mean you guys see what i'm saying right what do you guys think about this whole sail away category thing tommy at alwaysbebooked.com and now we are about to get into the main topic for the show Oh, the internet is a funny, funny place. Just took a little break between segments, went online. So uh, somebody was very, very uh, dissatisfied with a particular sailing and a particular cruise ship in general. Uh, (laughs) It's funny, man. It's just so polarizing. I have no idea. What is it about our psychology and... You know what I and I find myself doing it too, like getting a little fired up if somebody doesn't like the same thing I like, but I kind of check myself and have the ability to be like, okay, well this is what it what is the thing that if somebody goes on and says, you know, I didn't like this, I didn't like that, I wasn't happy with this, I wasn't happy with that, then a barrage of comments come that are like, you know, you whore checked stick with XY cruise line instead. Yeah, great. You're ignorant for complaining, you know, this and that. I like, do you guys what do you guys what do you guys want? Like I get that you are a fan of a particular ship, but is it, you know, do you do you want to discourage people from giving their opinions and you just want to see, you know, sunshine and rainbows about every single cruise ship? You know, let people put their opinions out there. They didn't have they didn't have a great time. You did. You know what? Oh well, say sorry, sorry you didn't like it. I mean, I didn't agree with the particular post, but, you know, I think there should be a little bit of a balance. If the ship is a good ship, it's going to have 20 good reviews and maybe one or two bad reviews, you know. But don't eliminate those bad reviews and don't make people who had a bad time, uh, you know, feel as though they shouldn't feel comfortable letting you know about the bad time. You know, I don't know. Whatever. It's just me. All right. The main topic of the show this week is 10 Steps toward assuring that you will have the perfect cruise. Now, a couple of things. These are my 10 steps. This is what I think are the 10 ways to make sure that you have a good cruise. Now, obviously, it's not a perfect cruise, but you know, you aim for the stars, you get the sky, you get the clouds. So you're still shooting high. And what I think is, you know, while no cruise really is perfect, if you want to get on a cruise and you want to really, really ensure yourself to be able to have a good time, some of the stuff you already do, some of the stuff you know about, some of the stuff might be new or different to you, some might be a little thought provoking and give you a little bit of a, I don't know, I guess a different angle on when you get on a ship, the pre-booking process, the booking process, the whole onboard experience. And uh, in my history, I've had some good cruises. I've had all good cruises. I've never had a bad cruise. But I've had, let's just say, I've had some good cruises and I've had some great cruises. And I just kind of took a little bit of an introspective upon myself and tried to ask myself, what were the common threads about about having just an amazing cruise and what were the commonalities between making sure that you know one cruise is better than another cruise so in order to dominate the booking process you first you have to know 
why you are cruising. What is your main priority for this cruise? Sometimes it varies. It's a lot different a lot of times. Sometimes it's about price. Sometimes it's about a particular ship that you want to sail on. Sometimes it's about the itinerary or the destinations. Uh, Very often it's a, a point of uh, where you're leaving from, how convenient is it for you. And another thing is, you know, we all have different schedules. So the time of year is also another priority. If you guys know of another reason or another reasons why you might book a cruise, uh, uh, other factors that go into the decision-making process, hit me up, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. I would also throw in there the likelihood of pocketry based on season or embarkation point, but um, not everybody would have that same thing. But All right, so the first thing you want to keep in mind is that the order for these priorities will obviously differ for each individual person that you're going with. In fact, it will be slightly different for each person you are cruising with uh, every time you go. And furthermore, it can even vary between you. Like you can have on one particular sailing, you could be, you know, going for the reason because it's close. Another reason you might be wanting to go because of the fact that it's a great ship that you want to be on. For example, I would always do cruises out of New York in the beginning, despite my first couple of ships only being the Miracle, Gem, and the Splendor. I mean, I actually love those ships, but after my first seven cruises being only on those three ships, my priority changed from embarkation port to the type of ship. You know what I mean? I wanted to experience larger ships. I wanted to start doing ships like the Oasis or the Escape and the Sunshine, meaning that if you experience so much of your number one priority for a cruise, which could be A, B, or C, you may want to switch it up and you'll now shift it to you want to cruise X, Y, or Z. It's important to know exactly what your priorities are before you book so that you achieve your desired result for that particular cruise. Prioritize your list and use it as a North Star to keep you focused during your booking process. The cruise I just booked, I thought to be very efficient. Um, Remember, I put it out there to you guys. I listed three cruises. Was it three or four? No, I gave you guys three cruises that I was interested in booking. And you guys overwhelmingly picked the nine day out of New York on the Anthem of the Seas. And I'll tell you what. Further analyzing it, talking to Chris, talking to everybody else, you guys were right. Uh, It made sense financially. It made sense from a convenience standpoint and quality overall. That was the way to go, Um, especially, like I said, considering it left out of New Jersey, which is just a stone's throw away. Here's the issue that ended up sinking that one, though. No pun intended. I just flat out, no other reason, I just didn't want to wait until May to go on a damn cruise. And truthfully, I just wasn't finding anything I liked in March that left out of the Big Apple. Um, There was that 11-day gem, which was very, very end of February. It was a great deal. But A, 11 days may have been a little too much to pull off. And B, listen, I've been on the gem three times. And I don't know. I just didn't need that in my life again, especially since it was in the shop and just kicked everyone off and uh, (laughs) sent everyone flying home from damn South America last week. That I really don't need in my life. You know what I mean? So, you know, the gem is a a great ship. The gem is a real kind of come as you are, uh, I guess, close knit type of feel ship. You really feel like you're connecting with the staff. You really feel like you connect with everybody on the ship. It's, It's a personal ship. You feel good on the gem. But again, I don't know. I'm not going to say I graduated from it, but I would definitely go back on the gym. But at this point right now, I just had no interest. I wanted, I'm still in my exploratory feel and I want to different, I want to experience different cruise lines. I want to experience different classes of ships. So I just didn't 
really feel like going back on the gym. And I really, the main thing is I didn't feel like waiting till, um, you know, till May. But the thing was too, is that I would have sucked it up. If I could have found that sailing in March, I probably would have done it just because the itinerary was so strong. Uh, I think it was five. Yeah, five different ports. That was great. I would have probably sucked it up and had a great time on the gym. But uh, again, I did not want to wait that long. So I picked the one I told you about earlier. I also created the price analyzer spreadsheet that honestly helped me out. I put all the data, you know, on a spreadsheet, uh, color coded it, and it pretty much have all. It, it enables me to have all the info right in front of me, so I can kind of stare at it and make a decision that I know I'll be happy with. So the point is, when booking. A process that has so many choices, it could be overwhelming. Know your priorities for each particular sailing, list them out, stick to them, and then book accordingly. Number two in ways to uh, ways towards having the perfect cruise. This is a polarizing one as well. How to pack. You know what I mean? I don't do a lot of shows on how to pack. I'm a guy. I don't, uh, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to, you know, <laughs> what I'm bringing with me. I'm not too efficient in the wardrobe department. I'm not, you know, the one thing I'll just kind of leave it as is just truthfully try to pack light. And I know how it is. And all you cruises out there, even guys, you know, who are low maintenance compared to women sometimes in the, you know, wardrobe department probably would agree with me. You intend to pack light and then you start filling up that suitcase Well, I might need this t-shirt. Well, if I'm going to bring this t-shirt, I might as well bring this t-shirt. But I do have to go to the gym that day. But then I may want to do formal night. And I may not want to do formal night. Well, what if it's two formal nights? If I only bring one suit, then you end up being like, well, let's just, you know, you say the phrase, well, just in case you need it over and over again. Let me tell you something. Pack light. I mean, I'm, I'm not ever going to be doing laundry on board. But at the same time. It's really not the way you think. It's not like it is on land. If somebody sees you in the same pair of pants twice in one week or the same bathing suit, nobody's judging you on a cruise ship. Trust me. So, you know, I would say if you're really interested in doing the formal night, which is kind of, it just seems like the formal night is starting to slip through your fingers. But some people just like it. Some people like to have that one night where they could dress up, take the pictures. And I get that. I totally get that. I like it too. But... I don't know, the last few cruises, I feel like I've been ditching it a little bit and kind of just passing it by. I may want to get back into it, but, you know, I dress with a a bunch of jeans or like maybe two or three pairs of jeans, uh, one or two pairs of khakis, a pair of cargo shorts, and a few bathing suits. And, you know, I'm down to one bag now, pretty much. I'm down to one mid-sized suitcase it's it still ends up being a lot more than I want when I start packing, but I think by most people's standards, I pack light. And you know what? Why not? You know, I saw one dude uh, getting on a cruise ship in Miami, and I was like, what a douchebag. Because he was bringing his bag and pulling his bag on the wheels, and in his other hand, he literally was walking on the ship with dry cleaning. And I was like, what a douche. This guy's actually so into how unwrinkled his clothes are that he's actually carrying it on. You know what I did my very next cruise? I carried on dry cleaning. I don't know what to tell you. It was, it, I don't know if I'd do it again, but 
it was a great way to, you know, be able to get the most out of your bag and not necessarily, it wasn't the most, you could do the garment bag and this and that, but I just didn't do it. I just carried the dry cleaning on. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's try it. Uh, and I didn't have a problem with it, but you know, and the other thing too, you got to remember too, when you're packing very, very often, this one wants a t-shirt. This one wants a coffee mug. This one wants a freaking model, uh, you know, like a sailboat that you'll find in St. Thomas or something. You know, those very fragile things that you got to wrap up in like 16 different pieces of uh, newspaper and bubble wrap because, you know, I got one and the freaking sail breaks. They're, they're put together by toothpicks. So if people want stuff and very, very often maybe some hot sauces and stuff like that, you're going to come home with more clothes, not more clothes, but just more items than you, um, you, you board with. So you got to account for that as well. Maybe you bring a laptop, whatever it is, but you know, just whatever you can do. I highly recommend that you pack as light as possible. You know what I mean? Give yourself, keep your hands free, keep it simple, focus more as much as possible on having a good time rather than worrying about, you know, taking inventory of your all your clothes and all your belongings and stuff like that. Nobody on the cruise is judging how often you wear these clothes. Uh, if you have to, if, you know, you hear that, you know, because sometimes they don't, you don't know that you're going to have to go to uh, a, a glow party, which they want you to wear all white or whatever it is. Carnival does the white party as well. Uh, you don't always know that. Pick up a freaking white pair of shorts and a white t-shirt in port somewhere, you know? Just, like I said, get on the ship, get to the embarkation point nice and light. You don't want to be struggling with a bunch of bags. You know, it just goes to the next thing I'm going to talk about. Well, not maybe not the next thing, but what you want to do is be stress-free. You don't want to be all that stuff. I just remember probably the worst cruise I've ever had, which was still a good cruise, was on the Carnival Sunshine. And I had a bad review of that ship. I went on Doug's show and stuff like that, and I didn't say it was bad, bad, but I didn't really have a glowing review of the ship. And I think, honestly, part of it was just I just the frustrating experience of the first four hours. You know, the uh, mustard drill was a nightmare. We did overpack. There was a huge, long line to get on the ship in Port Canaveral, and uh, we were sitting in a bunch of traffic trying to get there, and it just seemed like it was this five- to six-hour process culminating with the muster drill, which was an extra-long muster drill. It was a weird setup, and I was just like, can I start my freaking vacation? And uh, it just didn't feel good, and that kind of set the tone. You want to set the tone for a good vacation, and if you're not struggling with a bunch of bags and you're getting in and out of cabs and in and out of cars nice and quick, easily and efficiently, packing light will help you do that. All right, number three, don't plan. Guys, I say this all the time, just let your cruise happen. Yes, there are exceptions to this. If there's a show or a restaurant or an excursion that you know you just want to do and you know that those particular things have a history of filling up, then yes, make sure you lock those in. But I have made the mistake, based on the advice of a cruise line, of planning ahead uh, almost all the meals, all the activities, the entertainment, the shore excursions. By day two, it goes completely to hell anyway. Now, uh, a lot of times the cruise lines will tell you and they'll recommend book this ahead. Book it. I'm here to tell you there are exceptions, but for the most part, you can get into pretty much anything. They do leave a bunch of spots open on board. 
you know, the only drawback to that is if it's like that much of a priority that you go see this particular show or get into this particular restaurant, you just got to show up there a little bit earlier. But to me, that's much more worth it than to bog myself down with a bunch of with a, with a list of itinerary stuff that uh, I don't know. This advice may be uh, considered a little bit less for full families, even though I think even families with kids, you should I kind of stand by it. But if you're doing a, like a group cruise Cruising with friends, cruising as a couple, I'm telling you, do not bog yourself down with seven days of appointments that will overly structure your trip. I've said this at nauseum. You don't choose the type of cruise you're going to have. It chooses you. Perfect example, this last one when we were on the escape. I fully planned on this being a ship-driven itinerary cruise, and it was, uh, but... I was hell-bent on experiencing every restaurant, every show, every activity on board on this real cool mega ship. I was going to make sure I did it all. What happened? By day two, we amassed a family-like relationship with about a dozen people that we met at the pool. All separate people, by the way. We didn't find uh, we didn't find one big group and then latch on. This was an organically created group of people that met on day one on the Lido deck, and then just literally rolled with each other for the next six days as though we knew each other all of our lives. So when something like that happens, it's like an audible. It was all of a sudden less important to go to all these fancy restaurants and see a different restaurant every day. And it was more important that we all met up for dinner and drinks at the same place. So we ate at the main dining room six out of the seven nights we were on board. Ask me if I regret it? Absolutely zero. When I cruised with just Chris and Nick, uh, those guys, they're definitely the last ones to go to bed on the ship. So you miss a decent portion of the day. But we're having so much fun at the nightclub, then the casino, then the late night Lido buffet. I don't mind sacrificing a few daytime hours for that because that's the way that particular cruise went. That was, a di- you know, that, those were different days, different cruises. Uh, then I went with my friend Sony and my friends Joe and his wife. We all went uh, on, a, on a Norwegian Jim Cruz, I was expecting more of the same, but, and, and mind you, we party just as much, these people drink as much, we all had a good time as much, but the difference was, the vodkas at, and sodas at 3am, they turned into pina coladas with floaters at 1pm, uh, there are many, many different forms of outside stimuli on all cruises that you won't even see coming, they'll alter your cruise every time, so be open, I mean, be fluid. Just be ready for anything and expect the unexpected. Uh, expect, Enjoy, embrace whatever good time that comes your way that you didn't even plan for. Also, there's another thing. This is controversial too. Don't over-research. Of course, you, can, you can, can't help yourself. You're excited about the cruise. You want to see where everything is on the ship. You want to, you know, the ports you have to research, but I'm talking about the ship in general. Don't over-research. You know, it's a lot different. You know, it almost becomes when... I've made the mistake of researching the ship so much that I literally combined with my cruise IQ and just kind of like knowing the ins and outs of the cruises of the cruise ships. I've already got onto the ship almost, you know, it's almost like a, you know, a formality walking around the ship because I already know where everything is. Uh, I've tried to make the point of just not over researching the cruise ships anymore because I want to experience things that I don't know. I want surprises when I walk on. I don't want to have a full run of it and uh, all of a sudden think I know exactly what each portion of the ship or each 
deck of the ship or what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? You you don't want to have a, you don't want to have so many preconceived notions when you board the ship. Sometimes you know it's just something to think about. Like you don't you don't if you want to research the ship and know it like the back of your hand, that's fine. Uh, I've noticed myself that there have been times when I've overdone it with that, and you know lately. I've tried to scale back from that a little bit, and then I've it, it made it it made the onboard process a little bit more, um, I guess, enjoyable. And uh, you know, when you do that first initial tour of the ship, it's a little bit more like you you're enjoying it a little bit more because you're discovering things for the first time, versus oh yeah, I saw that on 16 YouTube videos. You know what I mean? All right, moving on. Number four, see who's out there. There are several ways to connect with potential people on the cruise who you might get along with before you even set sail. For example, you can check out cruisecritic.com. There's what they call a roll call there uh, for pretty much every sailing, and you can get advice. You can talk to your shipmates. You can set up things like meet and greets, slot poles, cabin crawls, all before you even get on the ship. So you basically are... Uh, a part of a community, uh, the Cruise Critic Roll Call used to be the only game in town. Lately, however, Facebook groups have become more and more prevalent uh, for the pre-cruise process. I could tell you many examples of uh, this really enriching not only my cruise experience, but creating bonds and friendships that last long after you get back into port. I always go back to Marty on this one from the gem. By the way, he just got back from his Thanksgiving cruise and while I was not on that cruise, he did put me in the Facebook group for it and man, nothing has changed with him. He was still the go-to guy. You could see all the members of that group gravitated towards him. They would uh, proudly post their pictures of Mario, oh, I found Marty or drinking at the pool with Marty because he was, you know, he's the celebrity before you even get on the ship. Marty is a celebrity because of his presence in the group. He actually starts the group, a lot of the groups uh, as well. Um, you know, it's another reason why he's the king. Embarkation morning, him and his wife, Deb, were actually tailgating their crews. Uh, I'm going to tell you, that warms my heart. This guy, he's about to set sail for nine days on a Thanksgiving cruise, and this nut job is in his all-winter gear, like 8 a.m., in the parking lot of the cruise terminal. He's got a Coors Light in his hand, and it's like... Uh, He's like, it's like he's waiting for the Giants and the Cowboys to play in a conference playoff game in January. Uh, what an absolute legend. Uh, another place you can go to meet people that are on your cruise. I mean, when I say uh, meet people, I say virtually because, you know, you're likely not meeting them in person. But there's an app called Shipmate uh, on your iPhone as well. You can get on there. And those are the three mates. So you have Cruise Critic. You have Facebook groups. And, you know, for Facebook groups, this is what you do. You do a search in the search bar on Facebook for your particular sailing. If you see it, great. You just ask to join. They will let you in, most likely, uh, unless they question your motives or whatever. Uh, in uh, But if you don't see your Facebook group, chances are the actual cruise ship has a page. Join that. And then if you join the cruise ship page, you post up, uh, you know, who, is anybody sailing on such and such date? And they will give you uh, a link or if there is a group, if there is a Facebook group for that particular sailing, you can usually find it in just the group for the actual ship alone, just the ship. So, for example, if you're going to Carnival Victory February 3rd for five days, you can look up that Carnival Victory February 3rd, 2018. 
Sometimes you'll see something come up. Sometimes you won't. If you don't, just look up uh, Carnival Victory, and then you'll see the page for all the Carnival Victory fans. You join that group, and then that somebody in that group will direct you to where the uh, you know the Facebook group is that pertains to your particular sailing. But either way, in summation, if you are in a position, if you have an internet connection, if you have a smartphone, uh, get on to Cruise Critic, get onto Facebook, and get onto Shipmate. And uh, make some friends before you get on. And uh, you, you you never know. They can get the ball rolling. You kind of feel like you know people. It's a little bit more fluid and a little bit more of a, you know, just enhances and enriches the connection that you have with certain people. All right. Moving on. First day, come out the gate strong. You got to come out of the gate on that first day of your cruise and you got to mean business. You got to get there uh, either very early or very late, in my opinion, not in between. You want to unpack like a pro. Uh, you want to tour the ship, and you don't want to miss the sail away. So that's a few. You could have, I actually could have broke this down into a few, but since they're all pretty simple and straightforward, I kind of just mixed them into one entry, calling it the first day, come out strong. Um, sometimes I think I'm by myself with these, but I think it would serve us better if I actually, on the next cruise, take the helm and lead this. Uh, and lead the group on this from now on. To me, I prefer getting there as late as possible. Stu will not agree with me whatsoever because, you know, Stu is Stu and he, uh, you know, he's got to be early for everything type A guy. But like I said, I have a I have a method behind my madness and he doesn't think so. He thinks I'm just being a slacker, but it's just for a few reasons. Whether you're a cruise junkie and you can't sleep the night before because you're too excited or... You're in a new city, and you're, let's just say, taking in all that city has to offer until the wee hours of the morning, or if you're both, which is me, uh, there's no reason to struggle and rush to get, you know, you, you got to have your three hours extra on the vessel you'll be spending the next several days at sea on. I mean, get your rest, sleep well, get to the port between 2 and 3 p.m., you, the line's going to be dispersed. You get on the ship. You drop your carry-on luggage in the room and then go get something to eat or drink on the Lido deck. Then I suggest immediately going down to the lower levels and then do a bow-to-stern tour. Uh, and you'll note where all your favorite venues are. This is where, you know, maybe you watched a couple of YouTube videos. Maybe you heard a few things. You had a, an idea of what you want to be and where you, where you want to go at what times. This first initial tour right after your first sandwich or your first beer or drink or whatever, this gives you an idea of, of where everything is. So uh, time is of the essence because you know that the mustard drill is looming. So you want to walk briskly on this tour. Like I say, you know, it's all business. The, it's uh, this, this actually reminds me of a bonus episode I did called The Oasis, and I did like a O with like a bunch of H's and then Asis, like Oasis, get it? Yeah, I'm a genius. Um, of the Seas is the name of the episode, and it's right between episodes 23 and 24. If you want to check it out, I kind of was like really excited about the Oasis trip coming up. That was like unlike any other podcast I did because I was just like doing that all on energy. I freestyled the whole thing, and I kind of just was going on just pure adrenaline. So, like I said, you want to do the the lower deck tour. That's usually your entertainment and your dining. So, ideally, after you finish your lunch and your initial brisk tour, uh, we're probably looking at around 3.30 in the afternoon now. 
maybe four, whatever. Uh, then at that point, you want to go back to your room, and in all likelihood, your luggage will have been delivered. The, you know, the luggage you checked. So if you take the next fifteen minutes, uh, you can unpack. You got to be very, very workmanlike. You got to do it in a workmanlike fashion. You unpack like a damn champion. First off, you have a Bluetooth speaker, right? You got to have the Bluetooth speaker, and very important, make your vacation playlist days in advance, and make sure. They're not just on your iTunes playlist or on your iPod within your phone playlist, but also downloaded to your phone. You don't want to hit that open water and think you're all set with your music and your playlist just because it's on an actual titled playlist. Uh, and, and you can get access to it when you're on your 4G on land or whatever it is, but it doesn't mean you know it's going to it's going to play when you're at sea because when you're on Wi-Fi or if you turn if you go on an airplane mode you want to make sure it's downloaded to your device or if you do leave your Wi-Fi on it's going to cost you big time money for data i mean i love jimmy buffett probably just as much as you but i am not looking to pay $14 uh, every time I hear cheeseburger in paradise. Um, okay, so establish the division in closet space. Whoever you're rooming with, say, your side, my side, your drawer, my drawer, your side of the bathroom, my side of the bathroom. Um, you want to get your stuff put away. You want to get everything hung. You want to get everything stored. And you want to get that damn suitcase under your bed. The suitcase does fit under the bed, so make sure you put it under there. It's, it's a big space saver. Uh, if you are cruising with more than two people, maybe you want to leave some stuff in the suitcase. That's fine too. But what I'm saying is get organized in a workmanlike fashion, get unpacked and ready to go to the mustard drill. This is your home for the next several days. So organize it to where you know where everything is and uh, have it be done within the first half of the first day. Safe combo done, sunglasses on, room card in hand. Don't forget the room card. As you know, it's your whole life rolled into one piece of plastic for the next seven days. Now, you will likely be pushed towards your muster station. You know, Get that out of the way or don't. I mean, if you don't want to do the muster drill, there's really only one place to hide. Uh, and I've done it several times, and it's in the casino. There is staff there too, so you have to stay on the move and sort of get in that uh, militaristic slot machine belly crawl mode. And you got to kind of re re remain on the move. You got to duck and dive and dodge behind slot machines and stuff like that, so that because they're going to be looking for you. You got to know your logistics. You got to stay out of the view of the enemy. There are Filipino snipers all over that damn casino looking to snatch you up and drag you to that mustard drill. I'm just kidding. No, go to the mustard drill. I used to skip it. I actually did skip it a bunch of times, and that is where you do it in the in the casino. But nowadays, I think they pretty much account for everyone. And uh, if they don't see your mustard, if they don't see your sign and sale card at the drill, uh, they will probably summon you the next day and uh, then you get a nice one-on-one -on -one class and uh, nobody wants that all right so you go to the mustard drill after it mercifully comes to an end by the way i haven't even had my first drink yet uh just so you know i'm absolutely not about to start getting a little buzz going only to be held hostage for 20 minutes so it can wear off uh my vacation has not officially started yet so after the mustard drill you're going to head back up to the lido deck in my opinion and you're going to make sure you go to the sail away party now these are usually pretty awkward there are a lot of people who haven't cruised before at the sail away party who don't really know what to do on a cruise yet so it's day one people are not quite ready to let their hair down yet it's in the middle of the day and you just don't get the feel like everyone is really quite ready to let loose but that doesn't stop the cruise director and his entertainment staff from forcing it which 
in the golden rule of uh, land-based DJing and MCing and entertainment, you don't ever want to force it. You want to let it come to you. But, you know, apparently they have an agenda and the sail away party is to supposedly get turned up. And, you know, they're going to you're going to hear the cha-cha slide. You're going to hear the wobble. You're going to hear all that stuff at the sail away party, whether we as cruisers as a particular cruise ship are ready for it or not. Still, I'm going to maintain, go to the Sail Away Party. It is the official kickoff. You get some good pictures. You have yourself a drink. You walk around the top part of the ship if you have time. Um, Just like you did the previously on the lower decks, you're basically celebrating the start of your cruise. You want to use that time to officially let go of every problem, every issue, every responsibility that you might have on land. You want to see what you're dealing with as far as what type of crowd you got. Uh, You want to make some day one friends. You also want to analyze the inventory from a pocketry standpoint. And uh, yeah, be definitely open to looking around and making some friends on that first day. It makes it better. Uh, then finding and making connections with people on day four or five, which, you know, you're just going to have to turn around and say goodbye to them just in a couple of days. You want to do it on day one. Now, I know this sounds like a contradiction of what I said before as far as don't plan, but keep in mind, everything I just said about now is kind of encompassed within a three-hour or so time period. And to me, a strong, solid way to assure that your cruise is going to get off on the right foot is to do all of the above. So just in recap, you want to make sure you get there really, really early or really, really late. You want to unpack like a champion. You want to tour the ship. You want to get that muster drill done. And you want to make sure that you're a heavy presence at the sail away party. All right. So next one, number six, embrace doing nothing. Many people have issues with cruising. Some say it's like being herded around like cattle. Some people say it's a floating petri dish for germs. Some say it's the overfed, newlywed, and nearly dead. Whatever. I will admit something right now that I don't know if you will all, if you guys will or not. I have found myself on board cruises and been like, eh, this is kind of boring. You know what I mean? The problem is, is that I get so hyped up for cruises, you would think that I'm ready to go play in the Super Bowl. Then, truth be told, there is sometimes a letdown when the literal action isn't matching up to the buildup. Um, it's at that point where you have to look at the, uh, you have you have to just basically take a step back. You know what I mean? Look over the rail, stare at the wild blue yonder, and realize that you are at peace. Relax, chill out, slow down. Embrace those moments when you don't have to be anywhere, you don't have to lift anything, there are no deadlines, there's no reports for you to complete. This is your time to recharge your battery. Embrace doing absolutely nothing, reset your expectations, and then just shut it down and connect with the sea. Connect with the ship. Connect with being disconnected. Let that constant gentle rock that you feel symbolize in every way where you're at, and while in a few hours you'll be eating, drinking, dancing, singing karaoke, gambling, whatever else, right now, you're shutting down. Stare at the horizon, relax with some music, maybe a book, or maybe, get this, even your own thoughts, who knows. But again, you know, a lot of times we just expect action to keep coming, especially when we just, we've been looking forward to this for so much. Have you guys... You guys relate to that at all where, you know, sometimes you're on a ship and uh, it's anticlimactic. That's natural. You know what I mean? You're on a cruise. You're on the same vessel 
for six, seven, eight, sometimes more days. You know what I mean? So there's going to be times when you may feel like, oh, what am I supposed to do right now? This should be a trivia somewhere or a quiz or a game show or something. I should be doing something right now. I'm kind of like flat. No, not, no. chill out, relax. Um, embrace doing nothing. All right, moving on to number seven. Know your ship. Know your cruise planner. Again, like I said, we are not planners, but that is not to say we shouldn't have a full understanding of what our options are each and every day. Each night, you go to dinner, you go out for the night, you go out for the evening, you come home, and what's going to be there is the next day's cruise planner. Uh, for Carnival, it's the fun times. For Norwegian, it's the freestyle daily. And for Royal Caribbean, it's the cruise compass. Either that night, or at least very early in the morning, scour that thing. There's a lot of information on there, so you do have to take some time and read the whole thing. You'll see many things you don't give a crap about, many things that will look sort of interesting, and then some things that are can't misses. Some people use a yellow highlighter. I've never done that, but it does sound like a good idea to me. Uh, What Carnival does is cool. They have a detailed description of all the events on pretty much the main part of the fun times. But then also on the last page on the back, they have a perforated tear-off sheet that kind of goes long ways where it just lists an abridged version of what all the events are so you can just kind of put it in your pocket, carry it around with you. I like that technique. Now, all the cruise lines nowadays have that app where you have it on your phone so you can kind of scroll and check it out. But uh, those are great. But the only problem is, I don't know. I don't always want to pull out my phone, turn it on, put in my passcode. And, you know, especially in the bright sun, you got to put a shade over it and make sure you can see it. Sometimes you have to, uh, you know, just go old school. But either way, you don't have to commit to anything. But just having a good working knowledge of where everything is where it's happening, um, you know, what time it's going on, that's going to be a huge advantage and a great way to put yourself in a perfect position to not wasting a minute at having the best cruise you possibly have. You know what I mean? There's usually one guy in the group. A lot of people in the group are just kind of floating around and uh, happy-go-lucky. Those are usually the more inexperienced cruisers. But the more experienced cruisers of the group are going to be the ones. And not necessarily like they're bossing everybody around, but they do have the working knowledge because the casual cruiser will be like, oh, there's a sports trivia in the sports bar at 3 o'clock tomorrow. You know where the you know sports bar is. You remember what time it is. And you know you throw that reminder out there at about 2. What are you doing right now? Oh, I'm going to go by the sun deck, maybe get a cup of coffee. Well, you remember, if you wanted to do that sports trivia, it's 45 minutes away on deck 6. Do you want to do it? Then they can make a decision because you may not give a crap. You know what I mean? But you, at least you know what's in front of you. And if there's something that you want or something that somebody in your group wants, it's right at your fingertips and you do have a working knowledge of what's in front of you. So know your ship. Know your cruise planner. That's number seven. Moving on to number eight. This is not going to be a popular one for most people, but I can't recommend it enough. And that is sweat. Now, I am one of those people who looked at people who would do cardio and lift weights while on vacation as uh, kind of obnoxious. Yes, it's me. I know a lot of you are the same, and I do get it. Uh, But, you know, it's like, what are you guys trying to prove out there? Look at us. We're so driven and perfect that even on vacation, we're not going to miss a day at the gym, and we're going to pump up. Here's the thing. I hit the gym every day on the cruise, and I'm not doing it to prove a point to myself. I'm not doing it because I'm an overachiever, and I want to keep up this glorious figure that I have. Um I don't even do it to say, oh, I just ate so much and I just drank so much. I got to get to the gym and burn it off and keep. I don't even do that. I go to the gym for one reason 
to feel good. When you're at sea and you've clearly taxed yourself, I would say, you know, to varying degrees, we generally eat and drink a little bit more while we are at sea uh, or any type of vacation. Um, But when you wake up at a decent hour, you do a couple of miles, you know, or 20 minutes, whatever it is, at your own pace. Maybe hit some weights. I would say maybe even do, you know, whether it's your morning yoga. Some of you may want to hit the out, outdoor running track for a walk or a run or whatever it is. Uh, you get a nice sweat. You get rid of some toxins. You get the blood pumping. And what do they say? Those endorphins? I don't know. I'm not a scientist here. But, you know, they say the endorphins are released. But then after the gym... You walk out, you go into the thermal spa. Now, the thermal spa costs some money. I don't know, anywhere from 125 to 175 depending upon the ship that you're on. But to me, it's worth it. Uh, you get access to the Thalassotherapy pool, which is a giant hot tub with, like, minerals and stuff in it. I have no idea. It just feels good when you lay in it. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly what's in it. Uh, then you go to the sauna. You go to the steam room. And just after you sweat it out, you sweat a little bit more. You're relaxing, and you feel like a... You know, it's just like I said, the endorphins are released. And after that's all done, maybe you walk out to the buffet, you make yourself a fruit plate, you chug some water, and you go back to the room and you take a shower. And you're going to tell me you're not going to feel like a million bucks after that? No matter what you did the night before, you're at sea, the salty air, you're feeling good. When you feel good, you absolutely will get more out of your vacation. You'll have more energy. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll feel more accomplished. You'll absolutely put yourself in a position to have a great day. Uh, so don't work out on the cruise because you're a fitness nut or an overachieve, overachieving type A. Work out on the cruise because it's just another way uh, to put you in a great mood. And furthermore, in a position to have you have the best cruise you possibly can. You know what I mean? You'll you'll take on that shore excursion a little bit better. You'll be able to last on the beach. You'll, and honestly, if you drink and stuff like that, like... You, <laughs> You know, when you have a hangover and you just roll out of bed and you drink for the next hangover, you, you have, it's, it's eventually going to catch up to you. You know what I mean? You're going to feel like crap. But if you're in the gym, <clears throat> you're doing your thing, you're sweating a little bit every day, you can handle it a little bit better. All right, moving on. Uh, the when in Rome philosophy for number nine. While we've said it over and over again, do not plan. I do advise that if you want to get the most out of your experience, know your ports. I remember my first cruise. I remember that I had a great time snorkeling in Freeport previous to that on Grand Bahama Island, and I always wanted to make it a point of trying snorkeling again. So I booked a snorkeling excursion on St. Thomas. I had absolutely no idea that when we would go out on the boat, we would be lucky to maybe see a few stingrays and a turtle or two. St. Thomas is an island that is known for gorgeous beaches, a beautiful mix of urban and island culture. There are way better destinations to snorkel at, though, other than St. Thomas. Another example is when I went to Grand Turk. What did I do? I rented a moped. (laughs) If you've ever spent the 50 bucks and rented a moped to ride around the island of Grand Turk, you realize immediately why that's a bad idea. There's nothing to see. I mean, you get a couple of horses. I mean, horses are running around Grand Turk like stray dogs and stray cats. There's just horses and donkeys grazing. And I guess that's kind of cool to see. But other than that, it's just pure abject poverty. And uh, you can make your way around the island in basically six or seven, you know, maybe 15 minutes or so. Another example of not knowing my ports like I should is when we sailed to Samana in the Dominican Republic. And for some reason, I thought it might be a good idea to get off that ship at all again. It wasn't. 
not enough research. Don't get off the ship at Samana. Samana? Samana. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was funny because when we were getting off the ship, I don't regret getting off the ship because I think you should get off the ship at every port if you haven't been there. But when we were about to get off the ship, uh, the, it was it, it was a tender port, and everybody on the tender tender ship was waving us to get back on the uh, on the ship. Do not get off. Do not make your way over to the island. They were trying to tell us, and uh, we got on the island and we saw why immediately. Uh, there's certain ports that are known for some really cool cultural experiences and great activities, and some are just basic beach days. I think you should always get off the ship if you haven't been to that particular port, even if you don't have anything planned, because you can't, listen, you came all the way to Belize. You traveled through the night across the sea to get there. At least let your boots hit the dirt. You know what I mean? Walk around the port, buy a shot glass, have a coffee. If you're not feeling it, just get back on the ship. I do understand if you've been to the port a few times and there's not really much else to do and you've been there, done that, and you'd like to maybe get back on the ship to enjoy the emptiness of it and have access to some things that you haven't before, uh, then yeah, stay on board, especially if you're on a ship uh, that's you know considered maybe a mega ship and you might have a hard time seeing and doing all the things that a mega ship might have to offer when the ship is more crowded on a sea day. Uh, but the point of this entry is to make sure you know that, you know, know what's at a particular port, know what their claim to fame is. You may not want to do it, but again, you get yourself the education so that you can make and your family or your people who you're cruising with can make an informed decision. For another example, I know that one of the crown jewel excursions at St. Thomas is to take a ferry over to the island of St. John. Most people go to Trunk Bay, where that's basically said to be one of the most beautiful beaches on the planet. Now, I know that while I'm sure I would love it and it would really, really be impressed with it and I would be totally enamored by the jaw-dropping beauty of the beach itself, I know me and I know that I get restless at the beach after an hour. So I haven't done that yet. I still kind of want to and I probably eventually will. But uh, you guys, if you're listeners to the show, you know what I recommend doing in St. Thomas and I've done it pretty much every time I've been there since the first time. And uh, I love it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the port profile for St. Thomas episode. I'm not going to bore you guys with the explanation of my St. Thomas routine is again, but if you don't know, check it out. But here's a few examples of uh, some can't miss uh, excursions, activities, or experiences that kind of go with a particular port. And this is, I'm just giving a couple of examples here. So there's, this is not limited to, or this is not all the islands in the Caribbean, but you know, like if you're going to go to San Juan, you should see the forts. You should eat mafango. Mafangu? Mafango? How do you say it? Uh, if you go to Nassau, you want to go to Atlantis. If you're looking for some cuisine in Nassau and you want to have some conch or some, you know, conch salad or some conch fritters, go to the fish fry. Uh, if you're going to Grand Cayman, everybody will tell you, don't miss out on Stingray City. If you're going to Ocho Rios, Ocho Rios Jamaica or Falmouth, uh, Fal- Falmouth, uh, you're pretty much going to either Dun River Falls or all the things you could do along Mystic Mountain. Uh, also, while you're in Jamaica, you don't want to leave Jamaica with jerk without jerk chicken. If you like to partake, also in Jamaica, some people recommend other things to. Uh, you know, I would you know buyer beware. Make sure you <laughs> make sure you get a recommendation, and uh, you know I wouldn't wander too much off the beaten path in uh, Jamaica. But listen, do you have a good time? If you're in Tortola. There is, 
I mean, you have to do the the Virgin the baths at Virgin Gorda. That's a can't miss, hundred percent. If you go to Cozumel, uh, you could either hang out on the island and kind of do some basic stuff and walk around and keep it simple, uh, or you can um, go to one of the resorts, the uh, pay one price all day resorts, or if you want to take it to another level, take the ferry to the mainland and visit the uh, ruins of Tulum, uh, Tulum. Check out a cenote. Uh, you're in Mexico. You know, if you're in Mexico, why would you have anything other than a margarita or a burrito or a taco? Experience the local Mexican cuisine. If you're in St. Martin, uh, now Maho Beach was always a can't miss in St. Martin. Now I need an update on that. I don't know how Maho Beach is. I know it got absolutely pulverized, and I know that famed Sunset Bar got completely turned into a skeletal system of it once of what it once was, and that is. I mean that's that's just just sad beyond belief. But I gotta see, I gotta look into what that is now. I don't know. Is the airport even open yet? I don't. I don't know. I don't have an update on what St. Martin is, but I'm just going by historically what it is. Uh, there's also just um, what else? Um, Orient Beach. I mean that's probably St. Martin's answer, even though it's a lot more populated uh, and less remote than St. John. It is probably St. Martin's answer to St. Thomas's. Trunk Bay Beach on the island of St. John. That doesn't make sense at all, but I'm considering St. John to be kind of a part of St. Thomas when I say that. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Um, If you're in Orlando, you check out the theme parks or the Kennedy Space Center or Cocoa Beach. Another thought on ports that might seem a little contradictory. Do whatever you want. I get it. You want to make to the ship. You want to make it back to the ship before it leaves. You want to stay safe. All totally understandable. But have you ever noticed that some of the best moments of your life came and slapped you in the face out of nowhere? In fact, aren't they usually like that? How many times have you made a reservation and an appointment and have looked forward to something for so long and it actually blew away your expectations or even sometimes lived up to the hype? Very, very rarely, right? To me, the best memories are the ones that come out of nowhere they weren't expected they weren't planned and that is something you should always keep in mind go on an adventure make some real memories take some pictures dare dare i say take some chances have some stories to go back with that's what's most important to me when i go on vacation don't be afraid to go off the reservation once in a while and do something that's not on any of the excursions list the only thing i would say when you do that you got to be gracious you got to be humble and you got to realize you're a guest in other people's countries. And then really, when you connect, humanity wins out and typically you stay safe. Now, I know many people would say that is horrible advice and maybe it is, but it is something to think about. You know, when we go, I'm not saying we're like a bunch of tough guys, but when we go, you know, we're, we're a group of, you know, men that probably can handle ourselves pretty well, um, you know, all things considered, I'm not saying we'll be any match for, you know, locals or people who are armed or anything like that. But, you know, maybe it would be different if you're, you know, a single mom traveling with a kid or if you're two elderly women. There's probably a difference there. But I just say it's something to think about. Make sure you just you don't you don't come back with any regrets. And then the 10th and final entry to having as close to the perfect cruise as you possibly can is simply one word dance. And when I say the word dance, I mean like the song, I Hope You Dance. Who is that? Is that Leanne Rhymes? No, it's not Leanne Rhymes. I forgot who sings that. Uh, whatever it is. But 
I hope you dance is like a little bit of a metaphor for just living your life and living your cruise. You may be an introverted person. You may not necessarily be the person that, you know, could take or leave this or take or leave that. But when you're on a cruise, participate. If someone grabs you up on stage because they need a volunteer from the audience, be that volunteer. If you're thinking about doing a zip line and you're 50 50 on it, do the zip line. If you are, you know, if you, if you, if you've, if the last time you did karaoke was 20 years ago at a holiday work party because you were absolutely drunk and didn't even remember it, so you're too embarrassed to do it again, you know what? Do it again. Participate. Dance. Join in everything. And you know what? I guess the most basic way to say it, but the best way to say it is to step out of your comfort zone. Make some memories. When you want to, you know, when it's all said and done and this whole thing is over and you can't go on vacations anymore and it's sort of to the end, you want to be able to close your eyes and have a mental picture. And if you've ever seen that movie, I don't know, have you seen the movie? Uh, <laughs> I highly recommend this movie. It's it's called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. And uh, it's got an all-star cast. It's a little bit on the obscure side, but it's about these uh, group of New York kind of mobsters. And they don't really even give you the backstory on it. You just know that they just all kind of came up in New York together. But for whatever reason, now they're in Denver, in Colorado, and they all just relocated. Clearly, they must be on the run from something, but they're all literally still in the underworld operating at different degrees some one guy's a boss one guy's an associate one guy and they don't even necessarily cross paths too often anymore but it's just they end up crossing paths at the end and uh some happens happens there's an incident and people's lives are in danger and you know they're discussing whether or not we should you know do something about this or you know i can probably get you out of this and save you and here's a ticket for this and you know just go to this place and you'll be fine and then they look in each other's eyes and they say no we're going to take it on. We're going to take what's coming to us. And then they just have this this thing of peace and they say, we did the things. Remember this time when we, we did the things. They lived a full life. And then, you know, they, they celebrated this thing. They had another, uh, I guess, uh, saying during the uh, thing. that It was like a greeting and a goodbye called boat drinks. And they would say boat drinks to each other because boat drinks just symbolized where they were all going to end up. On a boat somewhere, having some drinks. No matter how this all ended up, whether it was figuratively, whether it was in their imagination, whatever it is, one day this stuff is all going to simplify. One day we're all going to get back together and we're all going to be on a boat somewhere and we're going to have boat drinks like it was, you know, back when we were 25 or whatever it is. You know, it's the same thing. You want to be able to go on these excursions, take these cruises, and at the end, when it's all said and done, you want to be able to look at each other, look at your friends and say, we did the things. You know what I mean? With that, you want to say there's some risk with that? You got to go off the beaten path a little bit? I don't know. <laughs> Proceed at your own risk. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to inspire you to walk into a tribal freaking death trap in the middle of uh, Haiti or whatever. Hop the fence in Labadee because you want to go. Because <laughs> Tommy and Always Be Booked told me I got to go experience life. Let me hop the fence in Labadee and enter into the, uh, you know, don't do any of that. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. Just enjoy yourself and don't necessarily think that. You have to comply with everything that's on the uh, excursions list or whatever it is like that. This is your cruise. Do what you want. Peer run. I want everybody. That's homework for everybody. I do want to say that. You guys should all peer run at some point. They're not going to leave without you. I don't care. You guys all, you listen to all the other shows, tell you to get there an hour before the cruise. 
whenever they tell you, add a half hour on. You're good. And then some. And then you know what? You're going to have to run a little bit. You're going to have to run. You're going to have to scream. Maybe some senior frogs girls are going to have to get the whistles out. They may have to reopen the doors for you to get back on the ship because they, they were about to sail away. But you know what? You'll get back on that boat. And you'll say, we did the things. Let's go to the emails. Um, um, uh, I'm a All right. Hi, Tommy. I'm going on the Navigator of the Seas December 31st from Miami. It's a holiday cruise. Not sure if you've done a holiday cruise before, but you should consider it. I will also be on the new Carnival Horizon June 21st, leaving from New York, going to Bermuda. And I'm f- and finally, I'm also booked on the Harmony of the Seas next November to St. Martin, San Juan, and Grand Cayman. Keep up the great work, Miss Page. Wow, that is a full itinerary. You know what? This is what you call the name of this show is Always Be Booked. And I want to congratulate Miss Page because she is absolutely triple booked. And that's amazing. Um, holiday cruising. Yes, definitely want to do something like that. Uh, it's just with work, it's a little bit tough. But yeah, whether it's New Year's, whether it's Christmas. I did do an Easter once. wasn't really the same. It definitely didn't feel like Easter at sea uh, in the Caribbean. But I did do it. But I do want to experience all. I hear the cruise lines do a great job with Christmas and the decorations and everything like that. You really, they do their best they possibly can to make you feel like it's Christmas time while you're at sea, even though you're likely in a warm tropical climate. Uh, what else could I say about that? Oh, big great song, guys. Kenny Chesney, "Christmas in Blue Chair Bay." If you want a great song, the perfect song that combines Christmas and holiday spirit with being in the tropics and being, you know, around salt water and on the islands, check out Christmas in Blue Chair Bay by Kenny Chesney. Uh, but enjoy yourself, Miss Page. Have some great, have enjoy your cruises. I am absolutely jealous of you. That's cool. The Navigator, that, that, uh, what, what class is that? Is that called the Navigator class? I know the Navigator, it, it, it's a, it's one class older i believe than the uh freedom class and that's another class of ships that i want to try to the navigator's big i didn't realize how big those ships were i thought they were smaller when i heard about them and kind of just going through the progression of you know usually the ships in royal caribbean get bigger with every uh with, with every different class but you know so i was expecting the navigator to be a pretty much reg- relatively small ship, and then I did one of those days where I was in Miami and kind of checked the you know the sailways, and I was very very impressed with the Navigator, very imposing, great great looking cruise ship, and I definitely want to check out uh, that class of ships one day. Uh, enjoy. All right, moving on. Hey Tommy, the Big Easy is one of my favorite cities to visit and sail out of. A good hotel that we stayed at last time was the Hilton Riverside that is very close to the cruise terminal that if you walk outside, there is a restaurant, the Mississippi River, and if you walk a little ways, all the ships are right there. There's also a mall that is connected to the hotel. If you're going to go to NOLA, I would recommend the hop-on, hop-off tour bus uh, plantations, and you can't forget to do Bourbon Street or the French Quarter. A place where we like going is Cafe du Monde, where the... Uh, vignettes are fantastic uh, some great foods that are truly New Orleans dishes are jambalaya, gumbo and seafood what about po' boys and etouffee Quentin 
I know my food. That's the one thing. That's the one thing I can tell you. I'm pretty good. I know my way around. Uh, red beans and rice, right? Uh, and dewy and dooley sausage, right? Jambalaya also. Uh, yeah, gumbo. I also think you, uh, if you can go uh, to a Saints game at the Superdome, I think that the Saints have a better chance than your Steelers. Who dat? <laughs> which all? Which all fans say? No, I know. I'm familiar with the. I got a few New Orleans friends, and uh, they always tell me about how great of a city it is. And by that, by the way, that's by Quentin. Quentin, you said a lot of good stuff there, man. Uh, Quentin's referring to the fact that I kind of am leaning towards doing my fall cruise out of. Um, out of New Orleans and getting a couple of days in, like he said, the French Quarter, Bourbon Street, and some of those other places that he mentioned. Definitely want to check out some of the food there. Uh, I want to meet Emerald. <laughs> uh, I'm not actually a Steelers fan, by the way, Quentin. Yes, my bar does host the Steelers games, and I did live in Pittsburgh for a couple of years, and I am very Pittsburgh-centric by you know the nuances and stuff like that, so I'm very familiar with the city and the team. I do root for the Steelers, but my team is irrelevant, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Hopefully, they're on their way back with uh, this new quarterback we got and the new coaching staff, but we are still a little bit of a ways away. And uh, yes, who dat? Uh, I, I definitely root for the Saints sometimes as well because... Some of my friends, they look pretty good this year. They look like they have a shot. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to take down the Eagles. But the Eagles, from what I'm hearing, are taking a little bit of a beating from the, uh, from the what are they? They're on the road in Seattle. Not sure if they can, they've bounced back since we've talked or not. But uh, I know they were down uh, by at least 15, 20 points or something like that. Anyway, uh Thank you for the advice, Quentin. I will definitely take it, and I really do think that uh, I'm really leaning heavily towards that, especially if there's going to be a decent ship down there. If the breakaway or something like that is is down there when I'm ready to go, uh, or maybe uh, or or a uh, what's the uh, breeze the uh, dream class from Carnival, something like that down there, I'm definitely going to do it. You know what I mean? Maybe a five dayer, and uh, I think that's smart. I think that, you know, well, I don't know if that makes sense or not. That's why they do it. But, you know, I definitely want to visit New Orleans. And, you know, if it's an eight-day total vacation, five on the ship and three in the city would be absolutely perfect. And, again, thank you, Quentin, for the advice. I appreciate it very much. All right, Tommy, I'd go for the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line Cruise. RCL Cruise. Bermuda is fantastic. You've never been, and it's gorgeous. You can grab a scooter and cruise around the island or just stay in the dockyard and party it up. Great place from Earl. Earl, thank you for that. And you know what? I'll have to keep that in mind for Bermuda. However, Bermuda is not happening on this particular sailing. Uh, You got the memo. If you listen to the rest of the show, you heard that I did pick the cruise, and we are going to St. Kitts, St. Martin, San Juan, and... Labadee, Haiti. So, uh, but yeah, Bermuda's, that's going to be Bermuda's pretty much the only thing I'm going to be, uh, it's the only port I haven't been to in the Caribbean. If you even want to, you don't consider Bermuda the Caribbean, right? That's the Atlantic Ocean. You can't really do that. All right. So, uh, but thank you, Earl, for the email. And uh, I'll let you know how it is. Moving on. Tommy, stop listening for a while. Parentheses time constraints but i'm back two questions at the end of episode 49 you mentioned living in detroit where did you work and when i live in michigan second what the heck is a pocket (laughs) 
You've used that expression a couple of times, and this Midwesterner doesn't know what that means. In 36 hours, I'll be boarding Adventure of the Seas in Puerto Rico. Can't wait. Uh, that's from Bill. Bill, that means you're probably back from that cruise by now, by the time of this show. And uh, why don't you uh, let me know how it is? Bill, I'm going to ask you to do something. Go to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge, join the group, and pose that question in the group, and let's see if we can get your answer regarding the pockets, okay? I can't spoon-feed this stuff to you, you know what I mean? we got to keep some sort of subtle nuances and stuff like that where you got to kind of work a little bit to get these answers, but, you know, that, that that's where you can get that answer. You go to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge, the Facebook group, and pose that question, and they, you know, there'll be a host of people that are ready and willing to give you that answer. Um, at the end of episode 49, you mentioned living in Detroit. Where did you work and when? Yes, I lived in Pontiac, Michigan for a very brief period of time, working for the same company that I am working for now. Um, just a little project. We had a, you know, Detroit, I should say Pontiac, had a heyday. And uh, when we first opened there, we were very, very successful with our clubs. We had a couple of them. Um, one was Tiki Bob's. And one was called Time in uh, Pontiac. And they were really good for a while. And like most nightclub type things, they have their run and they go out. And on the way out, they kind of threw me out there to see if uh, we could make a little bit of a sense of it. But by that time, it was just too late. You know, the, the, the market changes. And they built these newer, cooler, bigger, you know, more modern places. And while we were still struggling and trying to keep it going... You know, the the trends changed, and we didn't do food at either of those places, and that was kind of the thing back in the 90s. There were a lot of places where they were like party bars and nightclubish type places, but not really high-end, but just fun. And you can get away with not having food. You know what I mean? Nowadays, you really need food to have a fighting chance. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most successful thing out there, but um, I don't know. I'm not going to lie and sit there and tell you I... I love Detroit. What were my main memories of Detroit or Pontiac? What should I say? I would drive around and I remember the radio station. It was the most, it was the weirdest thing in the world. You know how these morning radio stations, they just do bits here and there and they'll get into something and it'll be a nuance to the show or whatever. There was a dude and this was like the biggest thing in Pontiac and it was going on for like four or five days where this guy was getting a lot of publicity because... Ready for this? Drum roll. He was going to change his name to he from like Bob or Joe or Chris or something to he. And he thought and apparently the city and the radio station thought that this was newsworthy stuff and it was going to be so ironic and hysterical. Can you imagine his name is he? Nobody's going to know. Hey, it's him. Is he over there? Who's he? No, I'm he. You know, and this is gonna this was, was gonna be the funniest thing in the world to them. And they did literally like maybe like an hour a day interviewing all the scenarios and how cool this was gonna be when he went to this store or that store and how much it was gonna mess with people's mind throughout his life. And I was like, where the f am I right now? This is like, what else do I remember about Pontiac, Michigan? Um, there's a oh, what the hell? There's a thing called Chaldeans. I had no idea this even existed. Uh, a Chaldean, do you, Bill, you, does this ring a bell to you? Nobody else anywhere. I've, anywhere I've ever gone, even Pittsburgh, Philly, West Palm, New York, nobody knows what the hell this is. But apparently it's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is it a group of 
Middle Easternish people because it is a high population of Middle Eastern people that have migrated to that part of the country. So there's a lot of Middle Eastern people there. And this quadrant of Middle Eastern people have adopted Catholicism as their religion. And is that where it came from? Chaldean? Is that right? Chaldeans. They're, they're Christian or Catholic people that have converted from, I guess, Hindu and now live in the middle of America, in, in, in Detroit. And there was a, it was just an area that where a lot of Chaldeans lived. Then we'd have Chaldean girls. who A lot of them were very, very pretty, but they were Chaldean. They were you Chaldean. They would talk to each other and like, you know, I had never heard of anything like that before. Or since, but that was a nuance, a thing I remember about uh, Pontiac, Michigan. And also, everything was about hot dogs, conies, coney dogs everywhere, just coney dogs. Those are the things I remember about Pontiac, Michigan. Uh, Sorry if I went off on that and that's not interesting to a lot of people, but I just went on memory lane for a second. All right, moving on. Hi, Tommy. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I actually found out, uh, found you from watching the Cruise Tips TV family. I need a little advice. I have been traveling, cruise and land, since I was a child, but more seriously in the last 10 years or so. I am 23 years old, and I will be enjoying my 12th cruise here in the next few months and about to book my first European cruise. I have been very seriously considering becoming a travel agent, and I'm just curious how you go about it. I have tried to research it online. But you get so many mixed answers and people trying to get you to pay for classes from uh, from them. But I'm not sure if they are really necessary. I would really appreciate your help. Feel free to use this on your podcast only if you'd like, of course. Thanks in advance, Sierra. Sierra, uh, I got put in the right direction from somebody. And I know of an agency that I'm currently I paid to be a part of them. I am I am a part of them right now, and uh, I did not have to take any classes. There were some small fees associated at the beginning, and there were some steps you had to take to get there. Now, I'm not a traveling I'm, – I'm not a practicing travel agent, so I can't really tell you, uh, you know, what the benefits are because I know a lot of those ones that you have to go to the school for, you get a lot of support, you get a lot of website help, and you get a lot of leads thrown your way. Now, this particular agency that I'm dealing with, you don't get a lot of that stuff, but at the same time, you do get access to your website for a fee, and um, you know you don't really have to pay a monthly fee as much as you have to pay when you actually sell. There's different levels that you can join in at. The support is there. It's definitely more mom and pop than a lot of the other ones that are like, you know, big time host agencies and stuff like that. So I guess you kind of have to do your research. Here's what I will say. Sierra, check out um, hostagency.com. There's a, a, a woman named Steph Lee. And she basically breaks it down and gives you all the information you could possibly want when you're choosing a host agency. And a host agency basically means that, you know, you can't, as you, Sierra, can't just call up and book with the cruise line and then call yourself a travel agent. There's people that deal directly with the cruise lines that, you know, if you see a travel agency as a storefront, chances are they're also going through a host agency. So you can do that from a home-based or you can do it through a brick and mortar, but you want to have an association with a host agency pretty much. Uh, 
definitely in the beginning, probably long term. Maybe one day you can go out on your own, but that's way, way down the line. But what I want you to remember right now is look into hostagency.com. And uh, Stephanie, search it on YouTube, search it on the web, and that will be a vehicle for you to get a full, I guess, education on the different host agencies that are out there that you can join, what their requirements are, and what the costs are, and what the advantages and disadvantages to each one are. Uh, let me know if you have any other questions. Uh, or email me again, and, and you know we'll do all that stuff offline. All right, moving on. Tommy, if you haven't found a cruise yet, you might be interested in the one we have booked on Allure of the Seas, April 8th, 2018. Labadee, Cozumel, supposed to be Jamaica, but I heard they may replace Jamaica with St. John. And I heard you say Labadee is a bucket list for you, and the zip line is a must. I plan to do that also. That's from Tracy. Tracy, thank you so much for that recommendation. That is a pretty good one. Um, where's this leaving out of? Where's the allure at that time? It's April eighth. Again, that was a little later than I wanted to do. I don't know you. I don't know what the price point is on this, uh, but either way, it's a little bit of a moot point. And allure of the seas, like we talked about, I wasn't in love with that ship. Not that I was on the allure. I was on the Oasis, so I didn't love the Oasis uh, because of just how big it was and how impersonal it was. Did I answer this email already? I don't think so, right? Maybe I did. Maybe this is sounding familiar, but I apologize if I did. But um, we did find the ship and the cruise we want to go on. But I, again, I really, Tracy, I thank you so much for emailing me. And I really, really thank you for listening to the show. Uh, appreciate it. All right. And we have one more, I believe. Okay, this is from Sean. Uh, first off, love the show. Just not enough of it. You are my entertainment on route as often as I can get you to post. I have to say I think you're the best out there. Oh, geez. That's very, very much appreciated. I don't know if I agree with it, but, Sean, I really, really appreciate you saying that. You offer real entertainment value along with your coverage of the lines, ships, or ports. Love to hear the personal updates and shenanigans with the friends as well. I am in the process of attempting to find a booking for my family as well as multiple extended family members and friends. I would love to have a copy of your creation if it, if, uh, if it might be of any help to me. I attempt to keep a log in a notebook, but fumbling back and forth gets to be an issue. I would appreciate it immensely. Have a great Thanksgiving and keep doing what you're doing with the podcasts. I think you could have a viable career in it. P FYI, anytime, uh, anytime a post... A post, yeah, I think you mean I post anything on Shipmate. I give you a plug by both podcast and name. I've been doing this for about a year, trying to get the word out for you. All my best, Sean in Ohio. Sean, um, that's angelic of you. I really, you don't, you'll never know how much I appreciate that, Sean, so much. Uh, that's that's the best. Like I said at the top of the show, that is the absolute best way you can help the show out and help me out is just by sharing it with people that you think might enjoy it or appreciate it. Um, absolutely, 100%. I will give you just a recap of what Sean is talking about. I shared this in the So you guys got to get in the Always Be Both Cruisers Lounge Facebook group because, um, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of hits on this, but you find yourself with this booking process, like going back and forth and trying to, uh, you know, all right, how much was this one? Where does this one go? What dates does this leave? What is that going to cook? How many days is this one? You guys all know how it is. Sometimes you just like you want the information in front of you as much as possible. I created something 
Now, I'm no Einstein here. I do know my way around an Excel spreadsheet a little bit, like most of you probably do. And I just took the time for, honestly, for my own per personal reasons, to put together, you know, and I think you could put six cruises up together at once and just enter in a bunch of information, and it breaks it down to where you're going, uh, how much it costs per day, uh, what the ports are, uh, you know, where it leaves from, how many days it is it, and it kind of just gives you all your information right in front of you in a snapshot so that you are not kind of like 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 Sean just said fumbling back and forth from your logbook or having an x out of this site then go to this site and was where was this all right wait, let me all right so show dates again when was this date you know it, it kind of you you get to pick you know six, and if you want to cut and paste you know how to do excel you can make as many as 12 15 18 100 of these but it gives you an opportunity to basically put it right in front of you and uh i don't, I don't know it's what did i call it the cruise, cruise something but i will absolutely if you were interested in that uh, hit me up on the always be booked uh cruisers lounge facebook group and i will definitely give you uh you know i'll email to you no problem and sure and i will do the same thing for you Whew. all right i think that's about it i don't really have anything else the emails are done we went through everything and um that's pretty much it. Guys, as always, I really, really thank you for listening. Please, if you don't mind, just a reminder, follow me on Instagram. Tell your friends to follow me on Instagram. Always be booked. That's all you have to search. Email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Your emails are relied upon, and we're kind of getting by. We got enough emails to hold the show together, but uh, I want to keep those emails coming so we have a good four to five of them a week, you know, and sometimes... Uh, sometimes we're there sometimes we have three but just keep them coming is all tommy at alwaysbebooked.com questions comments concerns corrections like i always say uh the always be booked uh cruisers lounge on facebook join i will you know hit approve and you'll be in also rate review on itunes if you don't mind and uh most importantly like sean just said Whatever group you're in, whatever friend circle you're in, whatever uh, chat room, chat room, <laughs> just a chat room like it's AOL 1991. Uh, wherever you go, wherever you talk cruising, please share uh, the Always Be Booked podcast with them. Thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves. From. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine tree. And the drinks are cold, and the reggae is hot, and I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Jimmy.
put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies and